0: Welcome to the real estate asset management podcast brought to you by Break of Day Capital. The show focuses on educating syndicators and apartment owners on how to build systems and manage their properties more efficiently to become a best in class operator. 100% straight talk, let's jump in. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Asset Management Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky with Break of Day Capital. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Asset Management Mastery, where we have a great community of thousands of like minded individuals sharing resources and best practices. Hey everyone, we have launched the BODC Multifamily Impact Fund. Invest with a trusted operator with a track record of success. Our fund offers diversification, risk mitigation, tax benefits, and stringent acquisition criteria. If you'd like to learn more, head over to our website at breakofdaycapital.com. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have. And we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to QuoteNow.biz and we'll start the conversation. Today on the podcast, I'm honored to have Brandon Turner on. For those that don't know Brandon, he is the founder and managing member of Open Door Capital. Best selling author with over 1 million copies sold, and the past host of Bigger Pockets podcast with over 100 million downloads. Open Door Capital currently has over 650 million assets under management, and you might have blown through that already by now. Can you start by telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you do?
1: Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Uh, and let's see, where do I start? Let's see. It was a dark and stormy day back in July of 1985. My mother gave birth. And then 21 years later, I got into real estate and from there did everything myself. Like, I mean, I was the guy. Like I was screening the tenants, finding the properties, raising capital a little bit, you know, through do partnerships and such. And yeah, I spent about six or seven years building up a small rental portfolio of around 30 or 35 units. And then did the podcast thing for a long time. And then after a while, I realized I was really envious of all those guys out there doing multifamily, like the big stuff. And I said, I'm going to go do that. So then I built a company called Open Door Capital, which we're actually changing our name here in the next month or so. So we'll be revealing that shortly because we're not the same as Open Door, which is, you know, like the big like wholesaling company, like single family. We're the multifamily guys. Yeah. So I started that thing and that just took off really well, largely because. In real estate, this is the interesting thing about real estate, right? Like your ability to grow is really only limited by your ambition and your ability to raise capital. Like everything else is fairly a dial that you can just dial up, like make more offers, hire more employees. Everything is fairly dial up and down. I mean, it's, it takes work and effort, but raising capital, like that's kind of the governor on how big somebody can grow. That's the thing that slows you down or speeds you up. So, anyway, so I've been able to grow fast because I could raise a lot of capital. And because we got into the mobile home park world, which is very popular with investors, they really like that a lot. I think there's this like this idea that mobile home parks are better, which I wouldn't say they're better. They're just, they're harder and unique, but they've got some cool benefits to it. So today I run that. I have a big team that kind of leads everything, and I get to you know go on podcasts and I get to have meetings once a week with the team or twice a week. And yeah, it's a it's a machine, but I love it.
0: So. A lot of what you were saying is building that team and how you segue from doing everything to focusing on your strength is that's something I really want to talk about, is building your team. Because you've done a remarkable job of really growing your company in a very short amount of time. But obviously, you know, a lot of people look at that iceberg and only see the top piece of it, you know, and don't see all the hard work and all the things that you did right or wrong to get you to this place, to those lessons learned. So Talk to me about how you built your team and, and the different roles that you have right now.
1: Yeah, man, I'd love to. Yeah, and, and people do see the result of, I think we have like, you know we have 97 or something like that employees in the company, but most of them are on the management side. But it didn't happen overnight. I didn't have salaries in the beginning. I didn't want to pay anybody's salary because I, I wasn't making money off real estate yet because we hadn't bought a deal or done anything. So like in the beginning, I gave equity to a lot of people and that wasn't a wrong way to go, but it's definitely an expensive way to go. So like I gave away over half my company's equity to my team members. And so different people at different levels have different amounts. And that worked out really well. I don't think I could have grown to where I am without that. I don't see that as a cost, but an investment. In fact, yeah, it's kind of the question, if I gave away 50% equity, can I do twice as much? I think by giving away 50% of my equity I gave away, I can. I mean, I've done 10 times as much than I probably would have done without because everyone's very well aligned and incentivized to grow. So that's been a big piece of it. Also, the other thing we do when we're hiring people is there's a quote from the movie Minority Report with Tom Cruise, like that kind of futuristic movie back in the day. And they said in there, there's a character who says, in the land of the blind, the one eyed man is king. And I bring that up because sometimes it's easy to think, well, I can't attract the top talent out there. I can't bring in a lot of people. I'm not as experienced as Brandon. I don't have a podcast. But when you've done one deal. You are a God to a million people who have done zero deals, right? If you've done two deals, you're a rock star to the people who have done one deal. So there's always people that are talent out there, especially in our world. Real estate is the sexiest industry there is. Like I'm not like maybe Hollywood people, maybe more people would say they want to be a Hollywood actor, but I don't think so. I bet you we should actually do that poll someday. I bet you if you poll on a hundred different careers, poll the average American, and one of them was... Do you want to someday invest in real estate? I bet you it's 98%. You know, like everybody wants to be in real estate someday. Because we all know as Americans and as North Americans slash Western civilization that real estate is a phenomenal investment. So when you can bring people into your world as either an employer, in my case, I did a lot of internships. So I'd bring people in to do unpaid internships where you get paid on performance. And there are people that will hustle and try. And you know, 90% of them don't work out, but the one out of 10. Like that's my core. And so like my COO came from our world of being an intern. My VP of investor relations was an intern. My director of marketing was an intern. And so they all started that way. You get to see who talent is and move them to a spot that they can prosper and thrive.
0: It's funny you mentioned Hollywood. In my 20s, I co-produced three low-budget independent films. Oh, nice. Um, And real estate is much, much better place to be in because... (laughs) Way better. You know you could force appreciation, you have much more control. Like in, in the film business, you're relying on a lot of other people, and I yeah. hated that, you know mm. And everyone is really looking at out for themselves, where I th- in real estate, there's so much better collaboration. You never know where your next partner is going to come. There's just a much, much more real-friendly environment versus like fake-friendly environment.
1: <laughs> yeah, 100 percent. Real estate, it's like a team sport. And at the same time, it's not a sport in that you're not playing like me winning doesn't mean you're losing. You're you're winning doesn't mean I'm losing. So it's a sport where all the teams are kind of working together. (laughs) I get asked the question a lot. Why would you buy somebody else's deal if they're selling it? Clearly it's a bad deal. I'm like, no, we just buy different phases. I mean, we sell property all the time and we buy property all the time. And sometimes we just got tired of one or we did what we wanted to do or our, our loans coming through or whatever, you know, like, I mean, do it like, yeah. It's very much a collaborative industry which is a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love being we I was just at Ride Mastermind with your partner and Yeah, Brian you know, your and actually are, are there, yeah. they were, didn't make it the past week but yeah, you never know where your next partner is going to come from. I've been able to get tons of lessons learned from my network and not have to go through the same things that they went through, which is great. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, it's it's like playing a team sport. You're playing basketball against another team that you get to help win as well. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: like, how great is that? So are there certain attributes you look for in team members when you're hiring them, even at a, at a lower level, an internship level?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. What blows my mind every time is we'll get a lot of people to apply for our positions. I have a big Instagram following, right? So like we put on Instagram, we'll get hundreds, maybe even a thousand applicants for a job. And then we'll just ask them all like to do something like, Hey, send us a one page PDF that explains what you would do if a tenant didn't pay their rent, you know, something like that. Right. I don't even care what they write. They just got to do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like literally 500 of the thousand will not complete test number one. So, you know, they say 80% of is just showing up. It's so true. 80% like we we'll do another test with the other 500 that are left and half of them won't fill out the second test. Like all of a sudden we're at 75% of people have already fallen away because they didn't do two documents. Like I don't even look at the documents, whatever they submit, maybe I'll quickly glance on them, but it doesn't matter. Did they do it? So a huge piece of it is just the continual showing up. And it's one thing I look for over and over is I, I want to look for people who just show up in all areas of their life who have like what you could call integrity. Like they do what they say they're going to do. If they say they're going to go to the gym, do they actually go to the gym? If they say they're going to, you know, whatever, save money, are they actually saving money? So I look for that in other areas of their life because I know that translates to business because winners win. Tom Brady shows up and just works every time. Like they're not paying him extra for it. He's just doing the work. And it's another reason why I think a lot of times our best people, they're all real estate investors because you have to be that mentality to be a real estate investor. Like if you're like if you're gonna go buy a duplex on your own, you had to educate yourself, you had to read a bunch of books, no one's paying you for that. You had to go out there and find deals, go to meetups, talk to agents, get approved, move your money around, raise money maybe, you would do all that stuff on your own with no one telling you to do it, all for the promise that someday you might win with that property, you might make some money and get closer to financial freedom. So like our best people, almost all of them, have come from being in the real estate world themselves, they're building their own wealth. And that has been one of the greatest differentiators between this business where I've hired and other businesses in the past that I've hired people for, is real estate investors are just generally rock stars because they have to be, they didn't get there by being lazy.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love what you said, 80% is showing up and then do what you say you're gonna do. That's so important, that's something, it's a part of my code of ethics to do what you say you can do. And people respect the hell out of that.
1: Yeah, they very much do. We have our core values, which for years, I didn't like the idea of companies having core values because I always just thought they were fluffy and they the thing you put on the wall and no one looks at again. But the value that I found in them is really like, there are a million good attributes. That's why I didn't like core values because companies would be like, we have core values. We work hard. We are smart. And I'm like, okay, well, that's everybody. Everybody values that stuff. But there's things that we value higher. And like you asked, what do I look for? One of them is continual improvement, or we call it relentless improvement. You're always trying to get better to do a better job. And so now that we've identified that as a core value, another one of our core values is no suits. We don't wear suits And tight. Now, if somebody wants to wear a suit, fine, whatever. But the idea behind that is we want to be casual. We want to hang out with people that we would go to the bar and hang out with. We want to work with people we would go to the bar with, right? Those are two of our core values. And so when we're looking for people, we look for people to bring to our world who are exemplifying those values, the continual improvement. Like, are they listening to education podcasts, taking courses, reading books? Like I can almost guarantee you, if you don't read nonfiction, you probably aren't working for Open Door Capital and I probably won't hire you like if you're not consuming education at some level, however it is you consume, it tells me that you don't value continual improvement or relentless improvement. Therefore, you don't fit our core values. You might be a great person. You might've been a rock star that I missed out on. That's fine. It just doesn't fit with our culture. And so that's been another big piece. Like we're just about to hire or putting out the search for an actual asset manager. I know we're talking about asset management on this show. And so like, we've always done it just we have in house property management and we have a lot of people with a lot of experience. So we've never actually had that role of an asset manager. But now we're finally finding that we need that person that goes between the property management and the executive team or like the vision side, you know, the money raising. Like, who is that person that really passionately cares that the mobile home park we bought, like the landscaper didn't show up for two weeks in a row and the grass is super long? On the financial side, nobody notices it. And on the money raising side and all that, nobody notices it. And the number's still there. We still have the property, but who cares? And so that's like, we're doing that search right now. And that person has to be attention to detail, relentless improvement, all these core values that we have. So anyway, so we're going through it right now. We're trying to find that person. And it's one of the most important roles in the entire world. I mean, you can do everything right, but if you screw up asset management, it's all for nothing. All the work you put in is for nothing. That's why I was excited to talk to you when you said like this is the game. Like you, you, you have to do this. Yeah, and you have to yeah. do it right.
0: Yeah, I hired someone last January, and his attention to detail is phenomenal. Tracking all the loan confidence because loans, everything is so much more complicated than it was yeah. even a year ago. Yeah, and just staying on top of every KPI and that difference between ninety-two percent occupied and ninety-five is just it's all profit. So you're gonna That's you're so gonna lo- once you find the right person, it's gonna be. You're going to love it. It's going to be huge. Yeah. Let's talk about some of your goals. I've heard you talk at a conference before about your own big, hairy, audacious goals and then how you send them for your team. So talk about that.
1: Yeah, man. So when it comes to the operation of the business, we use a system called EOS. A lot of people use that. The entrepreneurial operating system comes from the book Traction, which ironically I have sitting on my desk right here. Traction talks about like this thing. And so in the EOS, part of the process is you have a 10, I think they call it a seven year vision. Maybe it's a 10 year vision. So we have that. We want to buy $10 billion of real estate over the next 10 years. I think we're at nine years now because we made that a year ago. So over the next nine years, we want to have 10 billion. We have about a billion now, a little bit short. I think we'll cross a billion, probably Q1 of this coming year. So that's the big, carry audacious goal. And what's funny about that is we went into that meeting a year ago. We went to Vegas. My whole executive team went to Vegas and we talked about it. When I went there, I was thinking $2 billion in 10 years or $2 billion in seven years was going to be my kind of target. And it was very like, eh, eh, you know, whatever, like, yeah, that sounds cool. We can do that because we'd already owned half a billion at the time or a third. We're like, yeah, that sounds about right. We just, you know, keep pace. And it didn't fire anybody up until my partner, Brian, said, no, 10 billion in 10 years. We laughed. Like, I literally laughed out loud. And then the more we talked about it, the more I was like, no, we could do that. Like, come on. And everyone got so excited because it was an audacious goal. And it made us change the way we do our entire business, change the way that we raise money, change my personal plans. Because if I'm going to raise $3 billion, I got to be bigger than I am. So I changed what I'm doing. So once you have the vision... We then work backwards to like a three year picture, a one year goal, quarterly goals. And then everyone in the organization from the bottom to the top, the resident manager at one of our mobile home parks, all the way to me, everybody has these goals every quarter that line up to the company goal for the quarter, that line up to the annual goal of the quarter that lines up to the three year picture that lines up to the 10 year vision. And so everything lines up together and everyone knows their role, like their part in the game and what we're doing. And so that's kind of how we look at goal setting. The one thing, the book, The One Thing from Gary Keller and Jay Papazan, they talk about goal setting to the now. That's what it is, is going to some future date, working backwards to say, what do I got to do to be on track for that? All the way down to the, what do I got to do in the next five minutes to keep me on track for my day, to keep me on track for my week, my quarter, my year, my decade.
0: I love it. I love it. And we're going to be looking in seven years from now, eight years from now, and you guys are going to hit that mark. It's going to be awesome. That's a big BHAG, you know?
1: Yeah. Thanks, man. It's a
0: big, big ambitious goal, but that's what I like. So what is your number one piece of advice for someone out there that wants to go from a hundred million assets under management to let's say 1 billion from a team perspective?
1: Two things that have worked out really well for us. One is me getting out of the way. People are always like, oh, I don't like hiring people because they can't do it as good as me. That's because you suck at hiring. <laughs> like, I like, I sucked at hiring for 15 years. If you can't find somebody to do it better than you, you're not doing the right job hiring because there are people who can do it way better than you. Like you're not the end all be all, I'm not talking about you, but you know, people, you're not the end all be all in anything. There's absolutely nothing that I'm the best in the world at. It just does not exist, right? There's always somebody better. Now, there are things that I do really, really well. And so I'm going to keep my focus there. Like I'm really good at the social media game. I like it. It's fun for me. It doesn't feel like work. So that's what I should be doing a lot of time. I'm good at the kind of the high level leadership stuff. I love EOS. I love having those big, broad meetings where we're talking about 10 year, $10 billion visions. Those are fun, but I don't get involved in a lot of other stuff. So number one, to to really scale, it was finding people who are ridiculously good and putting them in that one role and then managing them within some system And leading them in some system, not even managing. I don't even manage, I lead, which is different, right? Like I don't do performance reviews. I don't do a lot of like that management stuff. I don't keep people on task. I don't even know what my team does most of the time. But because also I have amazing people that are properly incentivized. Again, like I said, at the beginning of the interview is I'm not afraid to give away equity because I know that it lines everybody together and we're gonna do way more than we would do separately or that I would do alone. So yeah, give the right people, incentivize them properly. And have a big audacious goal that you're going after, and you'll see you you'll, you'll see 10x, hundred x growth.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, tremendous amount of golden nuggets for our listeners. If you haven't read the book, The One Thing and Traction, I highly, highly recommend it. Easy read for 15 bucks for the book. It'll bring you you know multi million dollars yeah. in, in profit. So definitely check it out. We also talked about culture and showing up is 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 at least eighty percent. So Great, great stuff, Brandon. Thanks so much. Where can listeners find out more about you and Open Door Capital, which will be soon a a new name?
1: Yeah, yeah. So odcfund.com, odcfund.com. That's the website for our Open Door Capital. And then I'm just over on social media everywhere at Beardy Brandon. Beardy, beard, Y, Brandon. And beardybrandon.com is my uh, kind of my text message newsletter I send out every week, so...
0: Awesome. Thanks so much. This is Gary Lipsky signing off. I'll be back next week with another informative episode on the Real Estate Asset Management Podcast. To all of our listeners, thanks for joining us. And if you like this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher and like, subscribe, and review this podcast as it will help us grow our audience and reach more people. And if you'd like to learn more about what we do at Break of Day Capital, head over to our website, breakofdaycapital.com, and sign up for our newsletter and or fill out our investor application. We'll talk to you next week.